All right, well, we uh, a little later in the hour, Joe Cockler is going to be unveiling his new uh, uh, Cowboys Christmas song. Album, oh. Because uh, Christmas Eve is going to be a very special time in this city. Really? Or not. Oh. Depending on the outcome of a football game. Yep. On the line with us right now is a man who's lived in uh, our area the, his whole life. Yep. The great Ross Tucker is here, and he is brought to you by First Trust Bank, official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, Ross. Angelo, what's up? Well, what's up is uh, the stock on the Philadelphia Eagles right now, Ross. Uh, they are widely regarded now as the best team in the NFL. Are they? Yeah, I think they are. I think they have been pretty much all year, and I think they've really shown it, especially the last two weeks with unbelievably dominant performances, both sides of the ball. They run. It's almost like they pass when they feel like they want to pass. They run when they feel like they want to run. I know it's dictated by what the defense is doing but at this point Angelo it's it's hard to have a lot if any complaints about what they're doing it's incredible yeah and and some of it is rather unlikely and I want to talk about a couple of these things that you couldn't have predicted one I just played a cut of Rex Ryan Rex Ryan said he has usually been able to read a quarterback early in their career but he was entirely wrong about Jalen Hurts how improbable is it that right now in the sports books of this country, the odds-on favorite to win the MVP is Jalen Hurts? I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't anybody, or at least not many, that would have had Jalen ranked as a top 20 quarterback in the NFL last year, especially after the way the season ended and that Bucks playoff game. So to go from... Not being a top 20 quarterback considered in the NFL and absolutely on some level being considered a question mark coming into this year to being, I don't know if he'll win the MVP or not, Angelo, but he's had the best season of any quarterback in the NFL this year. The guy hasn't had, I mean, knock on wood, the guy hasn't had a bad game yet. He deserves the MVP. And I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. I mean, I've seen guys improve. Josh Allen from year one to year two, and then year two to year three, improved greatly. But I don't know that it was this kind of drastic improvement in one year. Absolutely well said. Now, the other side of the ball, here's an unlikely story for you. Brendan Graham, 34, coming off a very bad Achilles tear. At 34, 29 snaps in the game Sunday, Ross. Three sacks, strip, uh, uh, and he stripped the ball. He forced a fumble. How, I mean, how unlikely is that to happen at a guy that age? Really, really unlikely. I mean, first of all, it's hard for someone that age to have that kind of production, period. But let alone coming off a torn Achilles? at that. I mean, my last year, Angelo, I was 28 years old maybe, <laughs> and I already could tell the difference between when I was 22, 23, 24. I mean, I just could, right? It just, everything took a little bit longer to feel better, if that makes sense. It's basically the same thing if you have a big night out, right? Like the older you get, it's like, whoa, takes a little bit longer to feel better the next morning. For him to be doing what he's doing at 34, I mean, I know what it was like just to do like normal person workouts at 34, and he's still playing the NFL at a really high level off an injury that, for some positions, some players, I mean, there isn't a running back that's ever really come back from that and played all that well. I don't know all the history of defensive ends, but I can't think of very many that have come back from a torn Achilles to be this productive, let alone at age 34. And then we've got the coaching staff. 
And we all remember the way it started with Nick Sirianni. We didn't want Doug to go. Doug Peterson, he got fired because he wanted to use a little of his power. And then they brought in Nick Sirianni. He could not even really put words together in his opening news conference via Zoom because of the pandemic. And he and his staff mapped out Sunday on the opening drive for us. One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Eight minutes, 15 plays. And that, and he talked yesterday, he was saying, you know, I don't want to tell you how we script this, but that's maybe the best script I've ever seen. What did you think of that first drive by the Eagles Sunday? Well, I I am so impressed by this entire coaching staff. If you remember, so first of all, I remember getting the text messages, Angelo, after, from my buddies after Sirianni's opening presser. They were not happy, and, and to, to be kind. And even his coordinator hires, nobody really knew much about these guys. Like, not, neither one of these coordinators, Steichen or Gannon, were people like, yes, we got this guy. It was all, who the heck are these guys? And now we know that they're really good young coaches in their late 30s or whatever, and I hope people enjoy them. I'm, I'm not saying this to be Debbie Downer, Angelo, but the odds that both of them are back next year are very, very small. I would imagine at least one, maybe both, get significant head coaching interest. True. And I feel like, for whatever reason, we've spent a lot of time criticizing Gannon because of some of the games they've had that we didn't like. You know what's weird, Angelo? I feel like we never talk about Steichen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe that's because Sirianni is an offensive guy. But Steichen, I mean, the game plan he had to be ready for the Giants blitz, or how about Angelo when they did the fake quarterback sneak and he and instead of doing the quarterback sneak, Hertz tossed it out to Sanders real quick yeah, yeah. and they got a big gain. I am so impressed by Steichen, but maybe we should still continue not to say anything about him so that hopefully he can be the one that comes back next year because he is incredible. Well, I was thinking that watching that game, the play calling was, with one drive set aside, the play calling was fantastic. All right, Ross, two other things. One is, I got nervous when Lane Johnson went into the tent near the end of the game. You were an offensive lineman. The record, the Eagles record when he's playing when he isn't is unbelievable, all right? How can one lineman have that direct an effect on the outcome of games. Explain Lane Johnson to us. Okay, so the first thing I would tell you is I love Lane. I think he's the best right tackle in the NFL. I do not think – I know the record with him and without him, and I know – I think that that's about more than just Lane. You know, I, I, I think you can't put any one lineman and say, well, he's the difference between the wins and the losses. Uh, but – that number is noteworthy when you point it out. And what happens is it's the difference between a strength and a liability. I mean, when Lane's in there, they don't really have to help him. They can help the other guys. They can slide left. They very rarely give him help. Help meaning Angelo, a tight end chips on his way out or a running back, or they slide the line to him. So it enables them to kind of have the other four guys block three because Lane can be isolated one-on-one, when he's not out there and Driscoll's out there, and Driscoll's fine. Driscoll's like I was. He's fine. He's not great, but he's fine. He's not going to lose the game for you if you help him. So then what happens is they got to help Driscoll because he's not going to be able to handle it one-on-one the whole game. 
And so then not only is he a little bit of a liability, but then the other guys that previously don't have to be in as many one-on-one situations like Dickerson and Mylotta, they're going to be in a lot more one-on-one situations if they're sliding the line to the right to help a guy like Driscoll. It's a very good uh, explanation for the impact of Lane Johnson. Uh, uh, you will be here tomorrow, right, Ross? Is that yes. correct? Right, that is Ross, correct. Here's what I would like you to describe tomorrow. I don't have time now, but could you please take the listeners into a Ross Tucker Christmas Eve? <laughs> People want to know what will be happening at your house on Christmas Eve with the lots of, I'm sure, lots of uh, celebratory stuff and a huge football game. So maybe we'll t- hear that tomorrow. Does that sound good, Ross? That sounds awesome, yes. Thank you, Ross. Ross Tucker, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, wow, I got to tell you, he's very high on the Eagles right now. Have you noticed that? Well, who is it? Besides ESPN. Really, I mean, if that guy catches the ball, they're 13-0, right? No, no. If they catch the face mask. The face mask or or Watkins. uh, Yeah. Quez Watkins doesn't fumble. fumble. No, there were two fumbles. Oh, oh, that's right, A-Day. Yeah. 13-0 13-0 and 0 right now, Al. I wouldn't even know what to do. So I wouldn't f- even come in. My favorite thing about Ross Tucker is he will say something and then disprove himself. No, That's I know what he, he just did He's there so with, smart. He does that. <laughs> with, he Lane that with Lane Johnson. That's Princeton. Yeah, I, it, it, <laughs> I will get into that with him tomorrow. All right. Justin's on the live from the Northeast. Hi, Justin. Hello. How you doing, buddy? How am I up, doing? Boy, I'm 12-1. and How do you think I'm doing? Oh, my God, you're doing great, mate. I'm so excited. I've never been this happy with the Eagles ever, man. The spectacles we were in the beginning of this offseason um, with the way training camp was going with the no-hitting and with Jalen and then it's turning to this, it's just mind-blowing. I've never been so happy. Hold on a minute, Justin. Do you like Jalen Hurts more than, Domin- uh, than uh, Donovan McNabb? What kind of question is that? Absolutely. More than uh, Nick Foles? Absolutely. Wait a minute. Not more than Carson Wentz. I hate it, Carson Wentz. <laughs> All right. So you love them all, right, Justin? Isn't it fun I, to just sit down and watch a great team play every Sunday? It's a great it thing. Especially oh. the last week, man. The way they came out, just blazing, man. You could just relax the rest of the game. It was unbelievable. It was so fun. Give me somebody, the most likable Philadelphia sports figure to you. I loved them when I was young, and I know all the ladies liked them, too. Like, my mother was Darren Dalton. Darren Dalton. Let me tell you something. Yes, Darren Dalton now. I don't know if any one guy was as beloved as he was. Guys loved him for his rugged leadership, mm. and women loved him for all the other reasons. He, he was. And his leadership. Yes. He absolutely. Whenever you hear John Cruck talk about his leadership, yeah. it's like it's like somebody should write a book on how to be a leader based off of it. No, they were. He, the, his own teammates were in awe of him. Did you uh, did you have a deal with Dalton? I did, yes. You did? And you know what he did? People don't, people don't give this enough credit. Pat Burrell was not a very good leader at the beginning of his career. And I don't know if the Phillies did this on purpose, but Dutch was around him a lot. Ah. And he became a much, much better leader. You know, especially when Abreu left and Roland left. But Abreu, I believe that Pat Burrell learned how to be a leader thanks to the guidance of Darren, Darren Dalton. You know, also, and, they had yeah. a couple beers together. Well, I know, but I, I really <laughs> yes. think that, that it, some of it rubs off. It really does. Absolutely. I think what you're seeing with Hertz is that all of his other teammates are a little more committed because they see how committed he is. No, and you favorite... know who I think his, his, yeah. his great role model is? Yeah. Nick Saban. Yeah, oh, I believe that. Al, I've developed a, an appreciation for Nick Saban just as his coaching career takes a dive. 
Is that interesting? <laughs> you mean you are the reason they're not in the playoffs? The portal. I'm starting to wonder. I'm not sure it's taking Doing. a dive. Yeah. Well, I mean, he it's didn't make good. the he didn't make the playoffs, so he took a dive. He usually is always there. Two one five, but he's a hell of a coach. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. When we come back, Al, ESPN met us, but not halfway. Mm. ESPN is starting to say different stuff about us. And their analytics department changed some numbers. I don't think it'll satisfy you, but I'll give them to you when we come back. All right, 723. I, I want to run somebody. I'm making this public. What is it? I'm making that. Sometimes you, when you have an idea, it's better when you make it public. Oh. But first, here's Ava Graham with the question today. What do you got, Ava? It's brought to you by Armin Chevrolet. Looking to buy or lease a new Silverado, Armin Chevy is your Silverado truck headquarters. Find your roads, ArminChevy.com. Which Philadelphia sports team do you like the most? With 36% of the vote. 2022 Eagles. We're in the lead, Rhea. We're in the lead. I picked the 2017 Eagles. What else? <laughs> Second. They're tied. 29% each for the 2017 Eagles and the 2008 Phillies. That's surprising. What? I would think 2017 would win that, but I may be wrong. All right, and then last. 1975 Flyers with the big old sixer. That's, um. let me say that. That's a recency bias because that team was so popular at its day. All right, here's our situation. Now, I want you to run that. You don't know anything about this. No. I have brought in Cindy Webster, our consultant and PR maven, all right? Yeah. Because she's going to have to help us with this. Yeah. So I want to get back ESPN for the disrespect they've shown. All right. Yesterday, they attempted to placate us with their nerdy uh, analytics department right. by changing somewhat the odds. So here's what these guys came up with. Now the Cowboys, who last week, Al, oh. had a 30% chance to win the Super Bowl. Now it's closer. Now they have a 22.5% mm. chance to win the Super Bowl. Their near loss to Houston affected the numbers. All right. But they're still ahead of the Eagles, who are at 21.3%. But here's how weird it is, Al. The Eagles now, according to analytics nerds, have a better chance to make the Super Bowl. 41.1% to Dallas 38%. Dallas was at 50% last week. All right? So the Eagles have a better chance to make it to the Super Bowl, but the, the Cowboys have a better chance to win it. You know, so I figured that out. Yeah. And that means that the Eagles have a better chance against NFC competition, but they are less likely. They are less better. They are not as well equipped to beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I don't believe that I, I either. Believe no, no, no. That I, I'm not Chiefs. saying that's no. right. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, what you're I'm saying, saying that that's, was their that's the logic. So right. Dallas might be the best team, but the right. rest of the NFC isn't very good. But right. the rest of the AFC is very good. Now that's an intellectual way to approach the situation. <laughs> Let's avoid that. Yes, I have. <laughs> Something that is not at all intellectual. All right. Al, I'm going to take you back a ways. WIP once broadcast from a tiny little studio on 5th Street. Cool place. Right? Fifth and Willow. Fifth and Willow. Right, right over yeah. there. Yeah. We were over there, and we were looking. That This was during our stunt phase of this show. Right. We did a lot of weird stunts. Yeah. I want to bring one back as a last hurrah. All right? What we did, Al, is an homage many, many years ago to David Letterman. 
And we, we were able to obtain, via then our, our promotion director, David Helfrich, <laughs> a large case of rotting fruit. Right. How did he find that? Uh, uh, we found cantaloupes. We found uh, muskmelons. We found uh, uh, we found uh, even like then we went outside a little. We got some eggs and stuff like that. Then we right. got watermelons with a big thing. Right. Right. So just uh, we have actually found a, a, a sound effect of what a watermelon would sound like if you dropped it about five stories. Mm-hmm. Right. And Joe, you got that? Let's hear this. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Joe, one more time. Listen to slurp. Oh, man. Now, picture that, Al, being thrown from a place we have already found near our studios here at 20th and Market. We have already, Joe Wachter, our producer yesterday, designated an ideal place. Right. We got a huge ESPN logo. Right. We got five stories up from the logo with lots of big overripe fruit. And we besmirched the, the logo by throwing onto this large logo all these nasty fruits. <laughs> what are you doing? Joe, that, was, that was good, Joe. That was really good. Right. Now, Al, a couple yeah. of things we're going to need. Cindy, I really want to do this. Yeah. Because it's an homage to our own past and to David Letterman, who has a beard now. Sounds so like what I need is... Mm-hmm. A massive ESPN logo. We should invite the TV stations over too. I don't think Channel Six would come. Right, They're I don't owned think by the so. same state. Right. But and then we will show them how we feel about the worldwide leader of sports with Kissing a wide people. array of nastiness on their logo. Now, uh, and here's where the public could help us. Mm-hmm. And again, Al, I'm mo- moving forward on this without approvals from anyone. Hey, you shouldn't have said it Perfect. on the air. No, I have... am saying it on oh, the air. Well, and the know... reason I'm saying it is that what we did back then and what we will do now. Why don't we just go back to the other building? No, we're not. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> because they ain't going to let us do it here. They it's will too do. pretty here. No. Now, here's the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> Rhea taught me this years ago. Yeah. Rhea said this. I live by yeah. this. Never ask for permission. Well, that's why you shouldn't have gone Always on the air. Always ask for, for forgiveness. forgiveness. You're an idiot. I don't you worry. just said it on the you air. You just said it on the air. I'll say I was pretending on the air, and then we'll do it anyway. <laughs> All right, Cindy. I have I, a question, though. Does anyone have access here, right now listening to us, to, to overly ripe fruit, <laughs> rotting fruit? Is there anything in your briefcase? <laughs> you know, oh my god! I've melted a couple of bananas in there <laughs> and a few yeah. eggs. Yeah, I, that, that's not good. No, I need to know if anybody runs a fruit stand and will have extra fruit. Hmm. You know, at the end, Al, it would be nice, like a a moldy tomato. Oh, god. oh nice. Oh, I have a question. Yeah, who's gonna clean it all up? Well, here's the thing. All right. <laughs> My Amen part, I. my uh, my, what I would do here uh-huh. is be the announcer, right? So I go, all right, <laughs> and then Al, what I was thinking is you would drop the fruit, throw the fruit, okay, yeah, right? and then and then we'll have people down. Ava, you will be. We down put lawyers there. in with the fruit, <laughs> no. and then <laughs> Ava, you would be downstairs for the splats. Great. Right. Awesome. No, no, it's on. so exciting. No, Ava, wow. Ava, <laughs> we'll, put you, we'll put you in an outfit where you won't get all stained. Okay, so like, uh, remember uh, earlier this year when you tried to chug a beer? 
And yeah, that one's all right, not, all over this all will to not me. happen. You will. Let yeah. me tell you. You'll yeah. tell your kids about this. Uh, someday. Oh, that, that'll be fantastic. You'll tell your kids about this. There'll be video of this. Well, I could probably get some uh, like moldy fruit or whatever. You, you like. You could get that. You yeah, have probably. access to moldy fruit. Well, probably, well, probably. I mean, I know some people <laughs> with some farms. Uh, I, I want can... like a, a watermelon that's left over from the summer. Um, I don't know oh. about that, but. No, Rhea, the riper it is, the more it splats. Yeah, but I don't think it's still around oh. if it's from the summer. <laughs> hey, Cindy, get on this. And who's cleaning up? Oh, the cleanup part. Uh, bring in maybe, a team of interns. Maybe somebody <laughs> will, me. will, you know, want to be a part of it and will help out. Um, by the way, so Virtios, I know Tom Virtio, and he's got a, oh, a really Tom. nice- Oh, Tom! Yeah, bring in your fruit. I, I mean, Lauren Ristelli. There was the Lauren Ristelli. We mean, need your fruit and and also eggs. <laughs> eggs. But only if they're past the expiration date. Yeah, I'll tell her to start holding on to it now. Right. And then, Mark, is there anything you could contribute here we would like to? Because this seems like your kind of thing. I grew up on a farm. He grew up on a farm. You know what, Al? Kamanua might have an interesting sound. No. Not a sound. No, you throw that. Ew. But I'm not out. doing that. No, you're not out. You're not out because we're not doing the yeah, maneuver. Yeah, because it's going to okay. splat. How about this? How about we use your Angelo bust, your head? Would you drop your head on it? Yes. Oh, I mean, boy. that's, that, the, that's that be, the last one. Yeah, like, oh, it's like a hundred pounds. It'll break the sidewalk. It will. Oh, it's great. Yes, the bust it is will going. Also break my I don't career. want that thing here after me. Yeah, we'll People will it. abuse it. Yeah, take that as ESPN. Right, Al, you better. get your arm ready. You're throwing. Yeah, no worries. All right, Ava, you're d- announcing down there. Cindy, you're lying. The you're doing all the hard yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're all. Rhea, you on board with this? As long as I don't have to do anything. Nothing at all. <laughs> okay, I'm in. We knew we we would place you in the right row. <laughs> I'm gonna get a poncho. We got this. We're gonna do this next week, people. We are. Prepare <laughs> accordingly. <laughs> And, and I if anybody from management is listening, I'm joking. We're not doing any of this. I got to see where we're Now from. get busy, son. <laughs> get busy. What are they going to do at this point? Fire me up. I got Bye. three weeks to go. <laughs> Brandon's on the line from Hanover. Hi, Brandon. Angelo, I just uh, couldn't agree with you all more. This team is nothing but likable all the way through. And let's not forget, you, you talked about the quarterback and I'm so glad Ross Tucker talked about his improvement from year one to year two. But, boy, what a guy to listen to. He commands respect. He's always had great leadership skills. Boy, this is a likable team. Well, here's the thing. All right, we've had a lot. Of, normally, when you got a quarterback who's doing what Jalen Hurts is doing, they start feeling themselves a little bit. Yep. Marcus, you know this when you go to a guy, he's, he's dominating the league in his third year, and there were all these naysayers. He's telling them all to shut up, and he's doing None of that is happening with Jalen Hurts. He's just worried about the next game. He's so programmed to do what he's supposed to do. Isn't that awesome to you? I think he's keeping receipts. Oh, no, no, oh, yeah. I know he is. Yeah. But he's not showing them. Mm. Yeah. No, a little tiny bit yeah. will leak out from time to time, but he's stoic. Yes, he's a, he's a really a remarkable a remarkable oh. leader in that it's it's almost as if the thing he's thinking about at the end of the at the press conference at the end of the Giants game is the first play in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, no one does that. You take a minute to breathe in the victory, not him. Brandon, I love this kid. I well, have never he, loved uh, a quarterback the way I love Jalen Hurts. 
Yeah, what I also like about him is when he says, I don't know, Marcus, you're, you're there a lot more than obviously the rest of us are, but when he says we left plays on the field, you know, athletes could really say that, but I really feel Jalen Hurts, his passion in the game, he wants to win, and he wants to be the best at everything he does, and that's something we can get behind. And we were talking about this off the air. His greatest concern isn't making the perfect pass or, you know, not fumbling. His greatest concern is making the best decision. When he's talking yeah. about leaving stuff on the field, he's saying, yes, this play worked, but this is how it could work better. I could make this decision better. This person could make a better block. When he says we left, what, what does he say, uh, uh, rent on the – I can't remember exactly the phrasing that he The used. rent is due every week. The rent is due every yeah. week. He's talking about – being better, being more precise, being a more complete football player mentally. The mental part of the game, absolutely. Brandon, give me a likable Philadelphia sports figure. Yeah, I'll give you my likable guy in just a second. Just no, I'm, I'm right up against it. I need the guy now. Okay, well, the most likable eagle of all time, in my opinion, Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins did not get named until 736. Wow. We will re-rank these. Uh, Just give us the most likable. name one of my pets after him. And don't forget <laughs> some of the current guys because they're pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember at 8 o'clock, one of these people will be on our show, the great Brandon Graham, talking about one of the best games of his career. 29 snaps, three sacks, and a forced fumble. All right, uh, 742, coming up in about 18 minutes is the nominee from the Philadelphia Eagles for the Man of the Year NFL Award because he not only does great things on the field but off it as well. Brandon Graham is coming on. And now Brandon Graham had one of the best games of his career on Sunday. How did he do that at 34 coming off an Achilles? Incredible. You're going to be slower once you get the Achilles thing, right? Smarter, right? <laughs> he, Al, he only missed the one year. He was back the next season. He got hurt during the year. He missed that rest of that year. He's back the next year. Wins the job at that point. They're not sure he's going to be able to make the team. Makes the team. Is still one of their best pass rushes. Eight and a half sacks. One and a half away from his lifelong goal of double mm-hmm. figures. Ten. I think he might get it this year. I'm praying he does. He deserves it. But he was talking last night on his show about how he's feeling right now. Man, it feels great, man. Dreamed about a moment like this as far as, you know, being on a good team, playing good, and who would have thought at 34 at my age, you know what I'm saying, playing at a high level, man, and just enjoying the teammates, man. I'm just trying to enjoy this moment of us because this hour goes by so fast, but like you said, we've been through so many ups and downs, and I'm just happy that we finally on the up and up, and hopefully we stay all the way through. Now, one of the things he said on his show was, he wasn't always this comfortable in his own skin. And his first couple of years, Al, he was yeah. blowing young, people off for autographs, young. all that stuff. You were there, right, Marcus? You remember him from the beginning? It was amazing how the, the defensive coaches would talk to us about, like, this kid is so good, forget about, you know, anybody else. Forget about the guy who was drafted after him. This guy is really good. He's going to be good for a long time. Can't you see it? And no one really could at Nobody that point. Nobody could, no. And and but uh, what was his persona like? Because I he can't was even. Not a happy dude. Man. He wasn't. He was. He wasn't bitter. But yeah. if you went to him, you could see there there were chips on both shoulders. Yeah. It was just, uh, and, and you kind of avoided him because it was kind of the same thing over and over again. And again, like Rhea said, 
He's a young guy in a different town, came from a gigantic program, Michigan, and all of a sudden he's not the guy anymore. As much as any player, Marcus, mm-hmm. did one play define him <laughs> because he won a Super Bowl with the play? The so, strip of Brady. So there's a bunch of guys, me, Les Bowen, Paul Dama, which guys who a lot of guys who haven't who aren't with on the uh, beat anymore. We were just so happy that he got to make that play because nobody deserved it more. Nobody worked harder, longer for this team than Brandon Graham did, and I believe he well at that point was the long. It might have been Jason Peters, but he, I think he at that point was the longest tenured Eagle and yeah. continues to be. So we were delighted for him. So to answer your question, it was kind of the cherry on top for that season in this franchise. And Jeffrey Lurie, who loves Brandon Graham, it's a great story. Who doesn't it's in that a building? really great story. <laughs> yeah. Now he is just so likable. And he's also proof, Al, that what may appear to be a bust first-round yeah. pick not sometimes easy. turns out to be a great first-round pick. Not easy. And, and you no, would have thought that. That almost never happened. And no maintenance. No, no, no maintenance. maintenance. <laughs> no he issues. is uh, self-motivated. That's No, and now no issues. No now, issues. Now he's the best spokesman for the team. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Sean's up from Maryland. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hey, good morning, Ann. Good morning, crew. How are you guys today? We're phenomenal. We're waiting for Christmas Eve because I know what I want for Christmas this year. Amen. Amen. A victory over the Cowgirls. Nothing better than that. And and, and I agree with you guys. This, this team is so likable. Uh, I still put the 2017 team above them, and I wish, I just wish, since I love baseball so much, that I could put the team we had, the Phils, this year up with them. But, you know, I, I just can't wrap my head around Castellanos to make that to make, you know, it, to make no, that jump. Sean, thank God you said that because I was talking to Marcus during the break. And I said, Marcus, because somebody said, oh, this Phillies team was great. And you said, Nick Castellanos is not a friendly guy. It was not me. I said they no. were great. And yeah. I think it was Al, Al who said, who said that right. Nick guy. But yeah. Nick, just tell, one time you did attempt to interview about a story. Is that correct, Marcus? I did. It, I, it was a Zach Wheeler story because I think Zach is probably it, – it was a statistical moment where Zach Wheeler was clearly the best pitcher in baseball yeah. in this year-and-a-half, two, two-and-a-half-year time frame. So I was going around the clubhouse, and Nick is perfect because he's been on different teams. He's looked afar. He's, he's here. What do you think about this, this? I asked him five questions. I got five one-syllable, <laughs> one-word answers. <laughs> Hey, uh, Sean, it's been, now he may come around. Not every, you know, we're learning from Brandon Graham. Your first year is not necessarily yeah. defining you, but he's a jerk. Yeah, he, he's a jerk. Yeah, he's, he was mad yeah, people is. wrote about him living in Simmons' house. He was mad Which people. was the greatest story yeah, of the year. He got $100 million and had a bad attitude. That dude, he's got such a he's got a long way to go. He may be able to do it, but he's got he's stuck himself quite a hole. And he's not a bad dude. No, like I think he's he liked. is a bad guy. I think he's a bad guy. <laughs> Everybody says no. Deep down, he's not a bad guy. He might really just be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not that close. Anyway, Sean, Eagles. Let's. Uh, who is the player, past or present, that you like the most in Philadelphia sports? I go back to 2017 and some of the greatest catches, clutch catches this guy made. Probably our greatest tight end, uh, Zach Ertz. Wow, good one. Very and likable. I, I, I'm very, I'm sad to know that he has sustained a serious yeah. injury. In fact, his teammate Kyler Murray last night. Yeah, it blew out. I think torn ACL. ACL yeah. You know what? That when that happens, all right. This is is this just me? 
I go, please, not us. Yeah. Not this year. That's the first thing I thought please, of. Please, not us. That's the first thing I Kyle thought of. Murray's around the same age as Jalen. They both run a lot. Let me tell you a story. Back in 2017, the MVP of the league tore his ACL. What happened after that? That's true. Wentz. Oh, yes. Gardner Minshew's taking Ugh. us to yeah. the Super Bowl. No, I think, you know, I, I <laughs> acknowledge that that did happen once. I don't want to test it twice. Okay. I think once was enough there. Touche. Betsy's on the live from Sharon Hill. Hi, Betsy. Good morning, everyone. What's on your mind today, Bets? Well, you know, every day is Christmas in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, but Christmas Eve hangs there ominously, threatening to ruin our holiday. Hmm. <laughs> ominous. Got to admit, uh, no, Betsy said, "You know what I told my wife yesterday? Get the fish ready early." The what? I'm oh, the seven. Do you do the seven? Um, uh, she is attempting the seven. She's not Italian. She's doing she is, smelts? She is no, not smelts. She will do ones that people like. But what she is will, a smelt? A smelt is a tiny little yeah, ask fish Jonesy. With, with bones in the middle. Hey, I used to go smelting in uh, the Sandy Run in uh, off the St. Louis River, yeah. Wow. They're tiny though, right? They're, They're like small. sardines, yeah. Yeah. And no. you, you you slice them and you fry them and you eat them with the bones. Betsy, although I have confidence in the game, I'm not risking the fish. I'm eating them before. I'm getting seven filet fish sandwiches passed them out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Betsy, what did you want to say about the guy whose jersey we're giving away today, Trey Turner? Well, all I can say is I was really uh, a little bit depressed when I heard that Bryce was going to be out for as long as he is. But on the flip side of that, I was so happy that they signed number seven, Trey Turner. And, you know, I listened to his first interview with the media, and probably if you would ask the question or someone would ask the question 10 years from now, who is a likable Philly sports figure, I think a lot of people will say Trey Turner. He uh, he truly wants to be here. We talked to him on Friday, and he sounded like a, a guy that is perfect for our city. He has embraced us already, and he is our kind of player. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Bets, give me somebody that you uh, like the most. Does it have to be a coach or a player? Anyone. A sports figure. Charlie Manuel. Charlie oh, Manuel. That's a good one. Well, we go there. Now, uh, I got I to gotta run something by you here. Yeah. I got some numbers here. He might be the all-time winner. Because yeah. we're talking a lot, and we should be, about the uh, Phillies making a plunge, yeah. spending a ton of money. Yeah, they did. What they're doing and what the Mets doing. I, it's not even in the same area. Yeah. Do you know what the Mets payroll is right now? Their pay, their tax oh, is going the to tax be. Is their going tax is going to be $100 million. is more than 10 teams' payroll. Ow. No. Ow. They <laughs> How stupid buying, is baseball? They're buying everyone. Yeah. And, and they didn't buy Trey Turner. They bought a lot of other guys. They have now spent. That they now have a payroll. Now, the highest level of the salary luxury tax. Right. Is not two ninety three. Right, they are at three forty five. Right, right now they just signed the Japanese pitcher five years, nine million. Well, nine hundred million. They don't I don't care. know. How that guy's so rich. Ow. they sign Verlander, Nimo, Senga, yeah. Quintana. They even signed Tommy Hunter. Yeah, they they and, and then, how, that, you know did they get Robert? Can you buy a parade? Are they trying to oh, buy absolutely. a parade? You think they yeah. will? Yeah. As much as the Phillies did, you look at the Mets and you go, wow. 
They lost the ground, and they still managed to spend oh, yeah. a, a, a billion dollars. They and also they, won 101 games last year. I know they did, but... And they got Kate Upton. So the, yeah, they got Kate Upton. <laughs> they threw Kate Upton in the Verlander deal. I think she was the. I think she was the motivator. I think they threw Verlander in the in and on the deal. But here's the one I want to ask. Yeah. Right, so baseball knows that it's got some problems in it. Yeah. Because they're changing rules radically. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're spending more money than they've ever spent yeah. before. And and why would the Pirates do anything if they're just going to keep taking the Mets' money? Amazing welfare. It's unbelievable. They have Sports to, welfare. This is a problem, They're right? Pay, ten teams don't have a payroll as much as the Mets are paying in tax. Tax. Well, <laughs> that's when it's too lopsided. It's ridiculous. And that guy that owns the Mets has $17.5 <laughs> billion. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping the crypto thing got him. Apparently it didn't. Yeah. Well, if anybody got burned in the crypto thing, I don't feel sorry for it. And you. speaking no. of billionaires, <laughs> how about Jerry Jout? Now, Al Fox is doing a game on Christmas Eve, and because we know people, we have managed to get an early copy of their promo. And we would like to play it for you now, because mm-hmm. they are also seeing through the sham that is yeah. both the Cowboys and ESPN. Let's listen. Twas the night before Christmas at Jerry Jones' house, and you can bet your last dime that he will be soused. Dallas sucks. Are you listening? Their demise you'll be witnessing. Their obit will write, the eagles take flight. ESPN will finally understand. If you believe in Santa Claus, you'll believe ESPN's bullshit analytics. ESPN, you must be high. Don't you know those boys will die? Ho, ho, ho. And Jerry Jones paid for all three. Oh, 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 everyone knows. Oh, 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 boys are gonna blow it. Nearing the playoffs, choke, choke, choke. You know this team's a friggin' joke. Jerry World will be filled with the famous Dallas alumni. Michael the Irvin, he was way out of control. With a new crack pipe and a runny nose, he played his last year on parole. In the owner's box, watch Chris Christie's breast jiggle all the way. It's the most fraudulent team of the year. Season's beatings. Watch the Eagles crush the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Jerry Jones has been drinking. He's blacked out drunk again. But he's still making so much more sense than the crew at ESPN. See Dallas in the Christmas spirit as Prescott leaves a Yule log on the field. Christmas Eve on Fox. Wow, I don't how that. See Joe Conklin comedy show. I guess Conklin's leaving too. I'm not shutting that off early. <laughs> I was not aware that Prescott was leaving a Yule log right here. <laughs> See Joe Cogman's comedy show at the Parks Casino this <laughs> December 15th. It's Thursday night. Headliners Taylor Mason and Uncle Floyd mm. for tickets. Go to JoeCogman.com. When we return, one of the most beloved figures in this town, Brandon Graham, mm. is next. WIP Sports Type 7.